Lifetime Grand Prix is amazing. It's a series of seven races across the US, a mixture of gravel and mountain bike races. We get these rider cards and they, they, they tell you to put um, the right, like what's the, the race you're looking forward to most. And I put Unbound because I knew it was going to be like mentally the most challenging one in terms of distance and like 200 miles is a long way, right? And like Unbound especially, it was just miles and miles of relentless gravel. There was literally five miles of road in 200 miles. My hands were shredded already and I was just like, this is 10 miles, but then... Is this the first 10? Yeah. Of 200? Of two, exactly. And that's exactly what was going through my head. I was like, what if the whole race is... What if I'm going to run 200, 200 miles? miles. <laughs> like, I signed up to a bike race. <laughs> I don't want to do any more running. Go on then. Stay tuned for more stories tomorrow. Nice. Bosh. Bosh. <laughs> and, um... Listen to more stories. Stay tuned Tom? for more stories Tim? tomorrow. Stay tuned for more stories tomorrow. To hear more, as my good friend Liam Yates likes to say, stories by us. More stories tomorrow. Welcome back to More Stories Tomorrow podcast. Hello, hello. Good to be back. It's Danny Shrewsbury, veteran of the podcast. We've done one or two. I think just one. Just one. One at 6am or something. In ran at Rancho. Yeah, Rancho. Nice and early. Lovely. Yeah. And now we're here, sat in London. <laughs> You've just got back from, well, just back from Road Nationals, but before that, Unbound Gravel in the America. Yes, I have. Um, yeah, I was just saying, I think I'm still jet lagged. I've not stopped since I've been back, but yeah, that was, wow, something else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is that how we just gonna leave it there? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See ya. Um, I don't think like Should we start at the beginning? Start at the beginning. Lifetime Grand Prix. Yeah, Lifetime Grand Prix. What is it? Why are you there? Oh, I don't Why know. Why is it important? <laughs> what is it? It Lifetime Grand Prix is amazing. It's a series of seven races across the US, a mixture of gravel and mountain bike races. There's thirty of us that get selected to do it. Um, other, other people like elite athletes can enter the race as well but just not the series just not the series yeah um, so you've got people like Sofia Gomez in it who won Cape Epic ex-Olympic mountain, uh, mountain bike riders Hayley Smith so it's a stacked field and it's just seven of the most savage ridiculous races in America in America yeah all off-road all off-road um, and those races, they start, it starts with Seattle Classic, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That was back in, when was that? April. That was a 100 kilometre mountain bike road. Uh, yeah, mountain bike race. And then uh, Unbound's number two in yeah, the series? Unbound's number two. And I'm not even joking, when I read, because I kind of applied to this very spontaneously and didn't actually think I'd get selected. So I didn't really look into the races in too much detail. But I did look at Unbound and I was like, oh, they've made an error on the website because it said 200 miles. I was like, nah, it'll be 200K. Can't be, can't be. <laughs> it must be 200K. And everyone's like, no, Danny, you're doing 200 miles. And that's when I was like, oh, God, I've committed now. Um, but this is like, the, the Lifetime Grand Prix is like a, a step towards professionalising gravel racing isn't it it's like a proper series there's proper mo like prize money involved oh like, yeah yeah it's I'm... the world tour equivalent of gravel isn't it yeah it's amazing like i thought i had done gravel racing 
And then I went to America and I was just like, honestly, it's another level out there. Oh, it's yeah? just like... What, the, the types of courses or the athletes or like... What? Both. Yeah. Yeah, all of it together. It's just mad. Um, and like Unbound especially, it was just miles and miles of relentless gravel. There was literally five miles of road in 200 miles. That is wild. I mean, yeah, that we can get into the course. It looked, from the pictures I saw, it looked absolutely horrible this year. I mean, do you want to start there? Do you want to start the course? I suspect most people listening know where Unbound is and what the yeah. the deal is. You've already said it's 200 miles, 330 so this is Yeah, this is a bit what I'm like. So I knew I was going flying into Kansas, but I literally landed and I was like, I better check on the map where in America I am. <laughs> I literally... Honestly, I had no idea. And it uh, turns out, like, you're pretty much in the centre of America. Slap bang. Um, in, in, yeah. Like the, yeah, in the... What's the right word for it? There's not a lot going on in the middle of America, Basically, is there? no. And if I'm totally honest, Emporia, where the race was, there's probably not much going on until this race. Like, I stayed with incredible host family, like, um, decided... So it took me on, basically. Because, again, I didn't organise my accommodation in time. Then this kind family reached out and said... How did, you, how did that happen? So I contacted Lifetime Grand Prix. And they're, they're used to me now. They're like, oh, the Brit, bless her, that's the not organised. <laughs> are you the only international rider or the only Brit? I'm the only Brit, yeah. And um, how many international... Like, how many are American, how many are international? Uh, I'd say it's like... I think it's like 80% American. Yeah, Probably maybe sense. more, yeah. yeah. Um... Like, uh, yeah, a couple of Germans in there. But, um, yeah, so this, I reached out to Lifetime and I was like, um, a bit stuck with accommodation. And then they reached out to, a, like, a local cycling club in Emporia where the race was. And this incredible family came forward and were like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the athlete on. Um, so I rocked up at the airport, no idea who I was meeting. Um, and then this amazing family stood there with this massive sign and they had two young daughters that were massively into cycling. Oh, amazing. Um, and, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better family to stay with, really. So that was that was very good. Nice. Um, so, yeah... They have um, to be disorganised more often. Yeah, I, I think winging it is the way forward, you know? You reckon? Yeah, I reckon. I mean, probably a lot of people out there will disagree, but... i say for most people... I would guess most people going to Unbound, it's, like, probably been... They've probably been, like, planning it for... <laughs> over a year and like yeah. it's a big goal for them whereas you're just like like crashing in sideways yeah like. but it's funny when I when I found out I was getting into the series I we get these rider cards and they they, they tell you to put um, they write like what's the, the race you're looking forward to most and I put Unbound because I knew it was going to be like mentally the most challenging one in terms of distance and like 200 miles is a long way right um, so like from a race point of view I've had that in my head but probably just forgot about the organisation just not the logistics yeah. Yeah, yeah and would you say Unbound is the one you were looking forward to most because it's the one you have like it's probably the most recognisable of the series unless you really closely follow it and you just haven't even researched the others or is it because of the distance and because it's the longest and I think because it was the longest I knew that you could you could be the fittest there but there's so many things around it that you needed to get right to do well as well. Like nutrition was massive on that. Um, punches. Punches, yeah. Like and tires, equipment, like everything for that had to be like hundred percent. Which I mean, we could talk about it a bit more. But like there, I like during the race, I had so many moments where I was like, my race is over. 
Really? Um, yeah, yeah. How sure. much, like, what kind, in what way, like, bonking, punctures, mechanicals, what's the... All of it. All of it. <laughs> Honestly, I think I went through every emotion during that race. Um, so, yeah, a start, so basically, going into the race, I, I got there about a week early, and I went out and did different sections of the course each day, and every day it was perfect weather, like, dry, and people were talking about, oh, you should check out the mud sections, and I went there and I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, no it's fine, here. no yeah. mud here. Like, check out the river crossings. Like, it was like a stream. I was like, it's fine. So I was like, going into the race, like, these people are being a bit dramatic, aren't they? Anyway, the they night before, the night before, like, this storm came like no tomorrow. Honestly, I can't even explain. I've never seen a storm like it. I was like... It was like a hurricane. I was like, what the hell was going on? Then instantly, you went on the Unbound page. Everyone's like, all the athletes tagging about, oh, tyre change, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? Like, Presumably you've got one set of tyres with you and yeah. they're just the tyres that you're riding yeah, Unbound on. but I did. I did actually do a last-minute swap. Um, some friends had some tyres out there, so I did a quick swap a route only, yeah well no not actually chunkier so basically oh. yeah my my tyre clearance is 45 mil on my bike and the tyres I had on were 44 but they were pretty knobbly mm. and I that I'm actually so grateful I did that because basically the race started the next morning it was dry or sunny and the race started and I was like oh, okay this is fine and then because everyone had said about this mud section, but I just didn't quite realise how bad it was going to be. And I'd obviously done this route over and over again, so I knew... Where, is this near the start? Or what, this how? is right at the start, so okay. this is this is getting to... So yeah, it started all fine. Mile 10 was where it all changed, like, dramatically. I went from being at the front, like, confident in my position, climbing with the best, like, I was like, this is going to be a good day. So then <laughs> we hit this mud section... And, like, this girl in front of me like, fell off, and I was like, move, like, I can cycle through this. And then my bike just clogged up, and then it was, like, literally got off my bike. As soon as I stepped in this mud, they call it the peanut butter mud, and yeah. I'd heard it before I started racing, but then once I was actually in it, I was like, no wonder they call it. Like, it just stuck to you. Like, it was, honestly, it was an absolute joke. Um, and I was just cl- literally... What I wasn't told that you should carry a paint stick. This is what all the those. all the experts that have done this race over and over again, so that you can scrape your tires quite quickly well, as you're riding along. As you're riding so, yeah. along, yeah, or like yeah, and clear your mech and stuff. Um, but no, I had my bare hands, and I was honestly just like picking up mud and like launching it, and then it was so clogged up. I was just having a mare, and I was just going backwards, backwards, backwards. While and everyone's flying past with their paint stick yeah. bikes. But I mean, no one was really flying because it was so, so bad that you mm. had to run. Like, it was unrideable. So then, but then the bike... How long? How long are we talking for? The first section, probably two and a bit miles. It's um, a long run. And then, then I was, like, trying to ride on these grass edges, but then there'd be, like, random rocks, and then there'd be, like, barbed wire fence the other side. So it was pretty dodgy, but... I was just doing everything I can. And then that was honestly at that point, I was like, I think my race is over. Like, I just could not clear this mud from my bike. I was going insane, like, just relentlessly. My hands were shredded already. And I was just like, this is 10 miles. But then... Is this the first 10? Yeah. 
Of 200. Of two, exactly. And that's exactly what was going through my head. I was like, what if the whole race is, what if I'm going to run 200 miles? I signed up to a bike race. (laughs) I don't want to do any more running. I did that when I was younger. Um, But then at the same time, I had this other voice in my head, call it my chimp or whatever they say, is telling me like, no, Danny, it's 200 miles long. Like, you can do this. Mm. You'll be fine. Um, So... I kind of switched to that mentality, was just like, I just need to get through and then see what it's like. So I just, like, it's just like rolling hills and you can see people ahead. Because like, we, st- I actually started catching elite men that were having absolute nightmare as well. Really? Like broken bikes? With broken and... bikes and things like that. Um, but you could kind of, as you got through one section, you could see where it was, people were able to jump on their bikes. Um, so I got through this river section, which I actually went through slow to purposely try and clear my bike a little bit. Um, Did it work? Uh, not really. And then I was like trying to bounce up and down like as I was riding just to try and knock mud off. But honestly, the bike was so heavy. Uh, that's what... 17 kilos. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, was, I was riding along and then just holding my hand over the front <laughs> wheel to try and clear it. Um, but then when I got onto the faster gravel, I just went into mission chase mode. Were you by yourself as well at this point? Or are you in a group of women? Um, no, no, I was by myself then. And then I caught up um, one of the girls from uh, who I know quite well, actually, Maud, from the Lifetime Grand Prix series. And then we were working together for a bit. And then it got so hot. Um, and Maud was struggling a little bit. So then we went... Um, so then I ended up on my own again. And then I was, like, with random groups. But, um, yeah, I just kind of went into this mission chase mode it, something about it, isn't it when you've got like a dangling carrot you just like go a bit harder go a bit harder um, and I just kept picking people up but then basically where I haven't mentioned this bit but where the mud got so bad in my bike I actually sacrificed a water bottle because I, there was a point where I just couldn't clear it um, so then I went from being into chase mode to then oh god I'm running out of fluids and that's the thing about these races like you are so reliant on the sources that you're carrying and we had two main pit stops and then there were two random water stops and that's obviously over 200 miles like that's not a lot um so I was in chase chase mode then I was completely out of fluid and it was at 34 degrees and it's and that's the difference Kansas is so humid Mm. um that I was like, I need to be careful here. I'm going to get sunstroke or something. So I'm bucketed in sweat and nothing's Yeah, happening. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'd got through my first pack. So then there was a water section, which uh, I planned before the race. I was like, no, I'm literally just going to stop in my pits, but I had to stop. Um, and I think there are a lot of people in the similar situation, to be honest. Um, so then stopped, refueled, got back, then got to the pits. But at this point... You literally have no idea where you are. Like I was, I was just about to ask at this yeah. point, do you did you have any idea? Like, oh, I'm in the top half of the women. No yeah. idea. I all I because all I, I saw was just you. like I went from the front and then just so many people going past me that I was like, oh god, I could be last for all I know. Like I have no idea. But then as I was picking off girls, I was getting more confident in like where I was moving up. But still, mm. I was like, oh, maybe I'm sneaking into the top fifteen, top ten. Yeah. Then got do you to know f- where you were now? Like, like you know, there's people you're passing. Do you know where they ended up finishing? Like, uh, I've got were you top fifteen or were you actually higher than that? Yeah, that so I, I think um, it's actually funny because my mum had messaged me during the race, but obviously I hadn't looked at my phone. But 
she was like you're in 16th you're doing great and then like and, and then the messages was like oh wow you're in 8th but obviously I wasn't seeing any of this yeah. um, but when I got to the pit stops they're like Danny you're doing really well like you're chasing a lot of girls and I was like oh that's a good sign and the pit stop honestly it was unreal it was like being in a Formula 1 pit stop you just stand there and they just like strip you of your pack put a new pack on get rid of the mud off your bike and then you're off again so the first pit stop was at 72 miles I think and then but that that was at the oh that was it I had they gave me a bottle of coke there's something about coca-cola like it, it revitalizes you yeah honestly i was i next this coke probably in a couple of seconds it was a joke but yeah inhaled I, it yeah inhaled it basically and then i oh but my back was wrecked like i was trying to get off the bike and this was this is the bit where i was like i'm not even halfway what's funny at 72 miles you'd normally be like not far off the end, yeah. wouldn't you? Like, even a 100-miler is a long yeah. gravel race in Europe, isn't it? Exactly. So the, this is the bit that cracked me, is it was so hot at this point, and we passed the 100-mile, like, chip point, and obviously, in your head, you know you're halfway, mm. but you just don't need it. And then someone around me went, oh, look, we're halfway. And I was like, just, I just don't need to hear that, you know? It's not good <laughs> it's, news. Yeah, it's like... Like, if you said, oh, you got 100k to go, it's fine. But, like, 100 miles to go... You're starting like, a long gravel race yeah, right now. Yeah, and then I started, like, undoing my shoes to, like, just breathe a little bit and, like, try and get more comfortable. And then I could see some black clouds in the distance and genuinely I was, like, praying for rain. I was, like... Really? At this oh, point, to cool down? To cool down because I was so hot. Um, then got to the second pits, which was 100 and... 32 miles and I'd gone through every emotion and I was chipping really? off chipping off do you have headphones when you're racing no do you know what? but do you know what? what's weirdly like I felt like there was always something going on like some of the gravel sections were literally like rocks and like oh it was so fun but you had to be careful as well mm. obviously um, and I, I caught up two girls who I knew were very good girls and, and that's when I started being like wow maybe I am doing alright and um, and we dropped one of them, and then it was me and Sarah Sturmy for like the last seventy miles, I think. Um, and we were come, we actually came into the pits together, and were like, we'll meet each other the other side. But I mean, it worked out that we were both literally the same speed going into the pits and out the pits that um, we stuck together. But it was like it went from thirty four degrees to hail storm, sideways wind. Basically UK racing, so I was yeah, like, bring yeah, it so on. <laughs> I know what to do here. And legit, I came alive in it. I was like, really, yeah. Just like cooled down that bit and yeah. just like found some extra and gas. And that's what, and it just shows honestly, like body temperature. Whereas I guess everyone else was cracking at the weather a bit, where they yeah. are hailing, it's muddy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I was like, we're used to this, aren't we? Yeah, this is what I need to cool down. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Get back on. Um, but then I thought all the trauma of the mud was done, but obviously because this storm just happened. It then meant that the last, I think it, we got to 100 and, 179 miles or something and this other mud section came and I literally was just like, this race is a joke. And I remember the camera crew were near me actually and they definitely got on camera because I was trying to climb up this little bank to, to ride on the grass verge again by the barbed wire fence and I just face planted straight into the mud. Oh, no. <laughs> And I turned around and the camera was there. I was like, nice. 
You're in like your shiny white national championship yeah. as well. Oh, the state of that. Um, Have you got more than? Did you get more than one made? Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Are you just gonna keep that like framed with the unbanned mud? Do you know what? It, it's it? come out all all right. It's well, no, it's off white. It's off white. Yeah. But cream. You got a cream, cream. Cream national championship. Yeah, lovely. Um, but yeah, and then the last section, I honestly, I was just like, I wasn't really there. I felt like I was there, but I wasn't there. Um, but it turns out I was fighting for third overall. I oh, wow. Th- well, that's as in you and Sarah were fighting Me for and third Sarah, and fourth. Yeah. So I got third in the Lifetime GP series, um, but Caroline, who won Unbound overall, she's not part of the series. Um, uh, okay. Okay, so you came fourth across the line. Yeah. And out of the Lifetime Grand Prix, so the top 30 riders, yeah. you're third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Where does so, that put you in overall standings? So overall, I'm eighth at the moment, which is pretty good. Pretty good. To say you're in like the top third of gravel races in the world. Yeah, that's not bad. But yeah, big learnings from Unbound is well, I think I nailed it actually. It was the fueling pretty much apart from that one bowl. But that's what's key in those long events hydration. Hydration and, and fuel, for sure. Snacks and salts. Yeah, gotta have a good snack. Nice. Sure. I mean, was it an unexpected result? Obviously, during the race. It sounds like it was unexpected. You didn't know where you were until you caught, yeah, I guess the some of the women you knew who'd be in contention. And obviously going into it, you were, you'd always like to do well. Yeah. But did you did top five feel achievable? I think deep down inside, like, I was like, yeah, I definitely would love to get a top five. But then I was like, I'll be happy with a top ten because mm. the field is so, so stacked. Um, yeah, because as well as your lifetime Grand Prix, I guess Unbound's going to bring out like everyone. Well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was well surprised. There was a lot of cameras at the end. I was like, something good must have happened. <laughs> they were like, fourth. And I was like, oh, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and actually, it was so nice at the end. I was so cold because it was still pouring rain. And, and obviously, I was getting interviews and stuff. And this random... British guy actually I still need to send his jacket back but he literally launched his jacket at me and was like I'm a British guy keep my jacket <laughs> I was like see the Brits they're always there somewhere just lurking <laughs> lurking happy to help um, have you found so it's been how long has it been now three weeks four weeks three three weeks four weeks three weeks I mean that's like obviously a big result a big American race where you you will have been a relatively unknown name in yeah. that you're not American yeah. Have you found you've had a lot of attention since? Like, have you had like magazines writing to you, or like, uh, I had loads of Instagram followers, like. Or... Yeah, actually, my following did go up a little bit. Did it? Yeah, I've big got, name. <laughs> got some American fans now. Um, on my YouTube, I've got uh, yeah, a nice little community commenting all the time now. Oh really? Which is quite cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, cycling magazine did like an article on my bike post. Post um, race, yeah, a few little bits. We'll see. Snow, like small snowball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She sure. needs to keep winning now. Oh god, yeah, I know. Keep it up now. I need, yeah, I need to rest a little bit. It's what? been a bit relentless yeah. lately. Yeah, I mean, you like you work at a job. <laughs> I work, I do a bit of work. Yeah. Trying to race full time in America. Yeah, well, and train and ride on yeah. the road. It's, it's a lot. And then I was also trying to qualify for the. The, the UCI world champs obviously oh of course and yeah. I had a a punch a nightmare in Scotland so then my only opportunity was really was to go to France so I did that last week did you get your golden ticket 
I got my golden ticket, so nice. I was so wrecked though. I went into that really? so cooked. I, but my mission was just get get the ticket. <laughs> um, the job done. But yeah, gravel in the US, I highly recommend. Really? Yeah. And on that, like, I guess you've only done two, so maybe this is one for the end of the year. But yeah. How did the mountain bike at Sea Otter compare to Unbound? Like, two totally different races, like, two different riders, or is it actually, if, you, if you're a good all-round rider, you'll do all right? Yeah, I mean, it was, the, I suppose the top top five was pretty consistent to what Sea Otter was, apart from me. <laughs> sea Otter, for me, was, like, so out of my comfort zone. But I quite liked it, in a way, because... It like yeah, it pushed me to do things that I didn't really want to do and get a mountain bike to yeah, start with. Well, exactly. And now over winter, I'd love to, you know, get better at those skills and maybe go back and tackle it and do it properly because yeah, I just didn't have the time on the, that bike. Getting around the corners is hard enough. I th- yeah. I don't know if you notice it with mountain bike racing. I guess again, now you'll know kind of which women you're kind of hovering around fitness wise. Yeah. But you follow them on a mountain bike course, and oh, if they know what they're doing, they're just disappear oh, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it they were full send whereas I was like full poodle yeah basically what's this drop a post <laughs> what's what, this do what do I do with this lever on that <laughs> there's so many buttons now though this that's modern day bikes right it's freaking Button they're shape. amazing but wow yeah so much to it it's wicked though yeah and hopefully more to come we've got the next one is at altitude is it where, where's that it's be interesting it's in Utah What's it called? Crusher in the Tusher. Makes me mm, laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 69 miles, so not, not as far, but it is hilly. Have you raced at altitude before? Uh, no. I've done gonna... some at-prey skiing. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Basically the same, right? Have you got any Have you got any plans to go and acclimatise, or are you just going to roll up and be like, here I am? I'm going to roll up eight days before okay got a bit bit of time time. a bit of time i think every little helps right for sure it makes a big difference yeah even a week are you what what altitude is it um twelve thousand feet oh that's high yeah that's like nearly four thousand meters great it's high you'll you'll definitely feel it i know thanks tom (laughs) thanks for reminding me we'll we'll have to have a chat afterwards and you'll be able to recount how your head wobbled off all right so we've got crusher and tesha what we got after that uh, Leadville. <laughs> oh, that, another one at altitude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the, so in this, I should say, in these seven races, did I say you have to you have to do five out of the seven? Your best five go forward. Oh, okay, but obviously. But I if you have a bad race. Exactly, you want that kind of taken exactly. out, don't you? Like one puncture and. Like I know that I will miss one of the mountain bike ra- races. Which is that? I can't pronounce it. <laughs> check. Check Wonga. Mm. I'll have to look at that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what that's called, but it begins with C H E Q something. C H. Nice. <laughs> it's only forty miles though. It's the it's the shortest out of them all, but just timings with work and stuff. I think that's the one I'll have to miss. But there's one in Trinidad. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? That is cool. My mum wants to come. She wants to go to the Caribbean after. Where's that? Where? Well, no, no, no. Sorry, not where. Like <laughs> what? The Caribbean. You're totally, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, wait, tell me more about the race. Like, what's the that what's is the a hundred mile gravel race. I think it's pretty flat, te- like not technical, just full send. Should suit you then. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe not long enough for you, but you know, I only do two hundred miles these 200, days. Two hundred mile plus with yeah. with a fucking five mile run in the middle. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd skip that yeah. every day of the week. Yeah. 
didn't didn't play to your strengths. No. Well, I used to be a runner, but there's running and then there's running, carrying a bike that weighs double because of peanut butter mud. Different gravy, isn't it? Yeah. CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, not my bag. Well, that's half an hour, Danny. Was it? It was. Jesus, I chat, don't I? Sorry. Just, just like put 50 pence in and watch, like, watch <laughs> <Yeah>. it go. <laughs> Sorry about me. Is there anything else you want to reflect on Unbound or you reckon you got it all out? No, I'm traumatised still. <laughs> <laughs> Waking up with like flashbacks to like thunder, yeah. hailstones and peanut oh, butter literally. mud. Yeah. I'll never complain about UK or Surrey Hills mud again. Well, I was going to compare that to some of the Surrey winter Surrey rides, but it sounds like it was on a different level. Yeah, I remember we did that really bad Surrey ride. Like, were you just basically you were like, oh, I've got a route, gravel route. It wasn't. Oh, that sloppy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. that I'll take that any Good day. Training, Good yeah. training, Good training. Yeah, you knew you knew what I was coming up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I predicted that peanut butter mud. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, you say that though, but I think I'll be back next year for sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what to, to sorry or to unbound? Uh, unbound or both? Yeah, why not? I mean, the thing. So I've obviously never raced any of those American races, but from what you described there, in terms of the mud, the fast gravel, the big rocky gravel, I feel like riding gravel in the UK, you sort of get like not the perfect training, but you have way more variety of experience than, I don't know, if you lived in Girona and you yeah. ride that, you do one kind of gravel and it's like gravel roads and maybe a bit of mountain biking. Yeah. Whereas in the UK you ride gravel, sand, mud, yeah. rocks, mountain bike. That's so true. And road, like you do it all yeah. because there is no good gravel, so you should have a massive variety. And then rather than hitting those sections being like, oh, I don't know what to do here, you're like, oh, I've done this before. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can do big rocks, I can do mud. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. But it's just like, yeah, so I think, like, New Forest in the UK, that's, like, fast gravel. This yeah. is, I mean, versus what I've done. Then you go to Surrey Hills, and like you say, it's mud, and then you might suddenly end up accidentally on a mountain bike trail, and then yeah. you just deal with that. And then, yeah, it's real, real variety in the UK, but I want to explore more up north. I'm, it's good. I haven't done much up there. Chunky, chunky gravel, but it's good. I, I did 30k of the... Of Gralic. Of Gralic. That, you know, well, that, that belt, like, on the coast is one of the only places with, like, proper gravel in the UK. Oh, so really? I keeled, uh, and then all those forests down uh, Dumfries and Galloway. Because oh, they're, yeah. like, big forestry commission with proper gravel. Amazing. They're, like, down a bit. And you but actually, that's one thing. In Kansas, it literally will be a road and it will just disappear to gravel. Like, that's their, like, They just run roads, out of tarmac. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the builder took a day off. <laughs> he was like, nah, no more time out today, kids. I mean, they got a lot less people and a lot more road, I guess. Whereas in the UK, yeah, you just chuck time out down everywhere. Yeah, I rate it. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Danny. No worries. Thanks for having me back. Do you want to say, stay tuned for more stories tomorrow? Go on then. Stay tuned for more stories tomorrow. Nice. Bosh. Bosh. <laughs> <laughs>